Straight Jack, episode 13. Unlucky for some. Oh, God. Not heard that before. <laughs> so what we do is we review three films, one new release, for which we choose a theme, a pre-2000 and a post-2000 film. Now this week, the choice for the new release was James with... The Shallows. And the theme of... Survival? Survival against a particular entity. <laughs> I like I think, it. I think was, was yeah. how we... Because all films are about survival in some way, whether it be oh. an emotion against for survival for, against their, themselves or a, a giant octopus or a killer shark, which leads us onto James's selection. So much drama and emotion in that introduction, by the way. Thank you. The Shallows. So this tells the story of Blake Lively's character, who is a late 20s, early 30s something, trying... As ever, trying to you know existentially get away from something uh, and explore a personal, explore after a, uh, a personal tragedy of some kind, and basically just trying to seek a, a deeper meaning for life. And from there, really, she she heads to a, a beach, a very difficult to find beach. And what can go wrong does go wrong, really. As as if anyone has seen the trailer, will know there is a shark involved in this <sighs> in this film. That's no spoiler. Who wants to go first? The Shallows. <laughs> the Shallows. The Shallows. The Shallows. It's quite interesting, your synopsis, to be honest, James. Because what I've got down here in my notes is Blake Lively sits on a rock for an hour. I don't think that gives it enough credit about some of the clothes that she removes. It was amazing that her, her wetsuit didn't didn't zip up all the way. Oh. Just just to the bottom of her breastbone. Just down to the breastbone, She wanted yeah. to get a tan, so shoulders. Well, can I just pick up on that? Oh, we're going to find so many plot points, but... She puts, there was a bit where she, you know, obviously has to, she has to put suntan lotion on. Of course she does. Then she put a wetsuit on, though, covering everywhere that she had covered with suntan lotion. Covering the bases because she knows when she's going to get out in the water. Because <laughs> uh, it's just sur- what's surface code. Yeah, you yeah. get out and then when it, when you're while you're waiting, you undo your wetsuit, tie it round and, you know, just enjoy the sea breeze. Just kind of take it all in. Oh, my God, I'm totally surfing in this beautiful location. I don't think there are any plot holes or plot points that are... Not deliberately, for one, and I don't think they take away from what this film was trying to achieve. I think this film actually achieves exactly... Some critics have been saying it's over-achieved, what it set out to do. I think it hit nail on the head and did exactly what it set out to do. Do you, do you feel I these things... I wholeheartedly disagree. I was not tense at all throughout the... I genuinely didn't care if she lived or died by the end of it. You don't see the shark, which again can work in like Blair Witch and Cloverfield. He has a few snaps, mm. and towards the end, you just see you quite never, a bit of it. I don't think you get a full extent of it until the final ten. I don't think it's trying to do that. It's so these these initial things. It's a good point you mentioned that from a poster and a trailer of a film like this, the audience are going to have certain expectations. They're going to expect a lot of Blake Lively in a bikini, Put, putting on and removing the bikini in overtly sexual ways for no apparent reason. It's, we know there's a shark and we know it's hunting her. It's not trying to be super smart or super mysterious. No, you, but it, it does need to be tense. The shark's coming for her. And it doesn't. And the fact is, you're just trying to be in her head and try and imagine what you would do in the situation. And I think this deserves credit for not having these deplorable young girls who aren't wearing anything, who run around in a lot of genre films, a lot of slasher films. And of course, do what's the worst thing you could do? Split up from the group. You know all these silly things. This doesn't do that. She's she acts in a very pragmatic way and tries to find the best way. 
and ex- of going about things. She explains everything she does as she does it as well, as if the audience are stupid. No, she's, she's doing, right. What I'm going to do now is this. What I'm doing now. Who's she talking? She's herself. The only, all the Dude, bloody, right. or she's Steve only got she's only got Steve there, bless him. <laughs> who I must say, I've not seen the best supporting role from an animal since the little cute dog from in the artist. I mean, this is. Did she's you, got no one to speak to. She's got a G herself up. Gone. Come on. Have you never done that? And gone. You can do this. It's just. It's just well. I think it does. What exactly what it says on the tin. I don't think. Are you saying that it misrepresented it itself uh, or, not or failed, that. fallen short? Just fell short. It is certainly really more survival than a than a monster movie. Because I think on the face of it, you. You, it's not Jaws, uh, but and also to an extent, I don't know if you you ever, unfortunately, went through open water, but that what that that for me, what you're describing now was open water. That was that was only eight. That was like seventy eight minutes long, and that was watching watching paint dry. That was incredibly drab. Um, it made a, a boatload of money, and did, oh, no pun intended, did well. But <laughs> this one, this one, I thought was was a bit smarter and. I think that we're not. No, no, actually, no, I'll take that back. It wasn't smarter. I think it just stylistically some of the things. I think it just did what it needed to do. It got over the line. It got. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a great film. I'm saying it's a. I'm saying it's good at what it's trying to achieve. I mean, for me, this film is awful. Uh, I think for me, it gets stuck between going full Sharknado or going Jaws, and and there is maybe that's being t- making it too simplistic, but there is sort of there is a continuum there. There is a spectrum of of where this film sits and it it doesn't quite go to either end it's not silly enough to not take it seriously like Sharknado is but it's not it's not uh, attention seeking or attention grabbing enough for me to think it's as curious and as sort of elusive as as Jaws so for me it it doesn't quite work you've already mentioned some of the the worst points about I mean the exposition is just ridiculous I remember Andrew Stanton said once that a good story you absolutely give the audience two plus two but you never give them four you let them make the four themselves Mm. this he doesn't even bother with the two plus two he just goes straight to the four (laughs) I mean it's just ridiculous how how much you know real um, signposting there is there is in this film Steven Seagal I'm just going to leave that there because anyone should just organically have to experience that for themselves but isn't it weird like how us as an audience found it so ridiculous but then Ian yourself and another work colleague we have was fully on board with Stephen. Oh, it was fantastic. It was genuinely... <laughs> I can't tell if you're being serious, though. I am I being, can... I mean, genuinely serious. It was hilarious. She's ch- she's fr- best mate is with a seagull. She's, she's having, a, she's or... having a, rich, a really tough time. And you would I would expect him not <laughs> that character, and it was a character, not to exist. And she's got this, she's got this mate. And it was, it was unexpected, and it was cute, and it was, it was lovely. And she... I am not a I'm not a Blake Lively fan. I, I am against everything that she stands for until now. I think she's shown. Uh, I mean, we I did read. I didn't draw this comparison myself, but she's married to Ryan Reynolds, who made his yeah, uh, sort of recent breakthrough in a very similar kind of film, Buried, which I didn't enjoy anywhere near as much as this. Buried, you're in one location, but you're literally in a box. And I was staring at my shoes for half of it. This, at least, there was enough visually to keep the premise going to keep things moving and for for this kind of thing I think it you, it's not trying to be it's not even Jaws wasn't it probably wasn't even mentioned in the script stage that it's it's just trying to do a very simple 90 minute little bit of suspense little bit of Blake Lively in a bikini a little bit of we're going to get it's quite light it's not trying to be too tense but obviously tension would help but I think it just 
aside from the the real dip when she is you're actually watching her sleep on a rock the book ends I, I was yeah completely on board she she was incredibly and somewhat unrealistically pragmatic and resourceful now I know obviously she was a medic she had to be a medic she wasn't, of she she wasn't dumb no but, but there is this weird bit at the start as well and again maybe I'm just being pedantic but where the guy drops her off and he says oh yeah no, how, how are you getting back and she goes <laughs> he goes why at that point did he not go no seriously how are you getting back and it was like <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that because we know she's not going to get back we know that something's going to happen and there's going to be some trauma that she's going to go through but at that point, she didn't know that. I don't she's, understand she's why a, there was she's nothing traveling, there. She's traveling. She's a free spirit. Her her mate's probably going to get over a hangover and come meet her. She's probably going to walk around on the beach. She doesn't want a game plan, man. She doesn't subscribe to your... She doesn't need her, her mum to be picking her up at eight o'clock. She's going to make some mates. She's going to have a beach barbecue, go sleep with some whoever, and then have, <laughs> have, a, have a mad one, see what happens. Or maybe she, maybe she won't. It was the, that was the perfect time as well for me to bite in and say about the cranding cultural references. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning, the text messages were just emojis. Yeah. Or like, or, it's, oh, it's okay, I'll book an Uber. Yeah. Sly wink to the camera. Oh, it's just. Yeah. That's how, that is how people like her speak now. No, that I, is how people like her communicate uh, and how they think. Yeah, but it, it felt you're, you're in her head. It didn't we, feel natural. This is not a social commentary. We can't, we can't give this. It's not, yeah, it's, not it's, it's not making a point, but it, it, it's just, if you didn't do those things now, because they are so commonplace. Oh, you would be like, oh, is this? It, you'd be saying, oh my god, does this film think it's in the early two thousands? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I was surprised it's... there was signal. It was quite clearly a very remote <laughs> location. And, and well, it was... no, see, well, it didn't fall into the trope for what the because obviously no typically, yeah, 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 like. But I think there were at the start, and, and I, I, I'm maybe I'm, I am being too harsh. So I will try and think of some of the, the good things, albeit it goes too far and becomes a bad thing. There were some really cool shots at the beginning when she's oh, just starting great. to surf, yeah. Mm. And, and it, it actually, I thought, oh, you know what? Actually, this looks beautiful. I mean, not only the setting, obviously, looks fantastic, but in terms of the way it was shot, and there was, you know, some nice little music behind it as well. I thought this is great. And then they just did it over and over again for at least sort of ten minutes of her just surfing and her having a good time, and then a couple of lads that come over to the point where it almost turned into one of those, you know, like P and O cruise liners. They've got a surf machine on the back. It almost felt <laughs> like one of them. It was really. It just went way too far. And there was, I'll t- tell you what, there aren't that many characters in this. Um, and a lot of them have a, a very difficult time. But one of them has a fantastic death. There's one brilliant death. Other than that, the, for the me, drunk, the deaths. No, actually, that that's interesting because you don't see much of it. It's yeah. more the one that you that you sort of expect, but you don't expect. And it's quite good when the shark comes out of the water. You can see it on the trailer, actually. To be fair, but that's I think what you said before about how you don't see a lot of the shark, and then mm. that's the first scene that you really begin to understand just the might of this shark yeah, and the magnitude. danger that, that she is that she is genuinely in the issue I have with this film is that I very rarely watch this film um, and, and want the shark to win whereas in this occasion I, I felt like I was I was more on the shark side than I was hers I, I just did not like her I, 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 it's very difficult for me to understand why because you hardly don't know you her. really get much of a feel for her but I just thought it was first of all it was very bizarre you know in Deep Blue Sea they explain that the shark has had some sort of genetic mutation and that's why it's yeah. it's clever and it's following it around this we, shark's just hanging around no 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 it's just no, no, the whale's there it does the, the uh, what's the what's the parable with the lion and the, the thorn in thorn, its paw yeah. it, it, it touches on that a bit and it kind of and then it because it, it didn't want to be so silly. Because though, again, deep, dreadful stuff. But that yeah. that kind of that almost I think is far worse. Having this genetic because that's so easy. That's the start of every zombie film ever. Oh, the oh, the the lab have cocked up again. This is like oh actually, and f- for that reason he doesn't want to go too far. And he's got food here. 
I think that makes it puts it firmly in sort of like more realistic ground than a lot of these films do try. It wasn't. I understand there were some just the casting alone and just the way it's set up and those early comments. It does seem like it's having a laugh and being a bit silly, but I think it takes itself more seriously than I think the trailer and the marketing would possibly let you believe. And he's quite. I forget um, what was the film he did just before this. Not was it Nonstop? What yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a lot of which was, which which yeah. which is of a similar caliber. Which saw the trailer, thought it was going to be the worst thing ever. Watched it. It's absolutely hilarious because it was so, <laughs> it was so unashamedly. Yeah, it was surprise. That was surprisingly good. House of Wax. Even he sort of has ignored it. But again, so not so bad. It's good. But there are there for the, if you're a fan of that kind of schlocky. You want us to watch 90 minutes of silliness. Familiar, easy watch silliness. You can but do there, it. But there wasn't any of that. There was. Yeah, there, it I, wasn't I an action film, and I was expecting it to be an action film. Maybe you weren't on board with it, and you weren't like... And I'm not saying for one second I was leaning forward, biting my fingernails, but I just face value. Take it for what it is. It's simple. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel. See, um, I, I think that's what it was trying to go for, but I didn't get that vibe. You, you were talking before about... Well, we've already talked about Sharknado and some of those films where they're self-aware. So, well, you talked about Nonstop uh, in his previous film. Yeah, they're self-aware to the point where they're almost taking the mick out of themselves. You look at White House Down, for example. I know it's not a survival film, but it knows the tropes that that sort of genre comes with, and it, and it almost hits them head on and says, "Yeah, we're just making a joke out of it. Leave us alone." Whereas I, the issue is, I didn't get that vibe from this, so I took it more seriously than I think it wanted me to take it. Right to the point where then I had to judge it amongst the good quality films when we talk about survival. When I'm thinking about Again, it's not against an entity, but when I'm thinking about 127 hours, I'm thinking about All Is Lost, some of the more recent ones, which I've absolutely adored. Whereas this one, I, I, it wasn't bad enough that it made me think it's taking the piss out of itself. That, so I had to take it more seriously than I should have done, I which think, meant it just ruined I it. I see what you there because there's that thing, it's something like it's too dumb for the art house, but it's too smart for the, it's trying to yeah. be too smart. It's sort of, I, I can see how it could get sort of, sort of lost. A couple of things, and again, I, I'm definitely being picky now, but one... The ending did not make any sense to me, and I can't go into much more detail. But the way the crescendo, the ending that it comes to, the crescendo of of how you know one of them dies, um, it did not make any sense. There's like a snapback physical thing to do with the boy, and it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. From a scientific, <laughs> from a scientific point of view, it doesn't make <laughs> but it should, any but, sense. But again, whatsoever. yeah, but you should, that that. There's no science in this. It's too silly. I don't. Because there's a bit when she shoots it in the fire and ah. Uh, see, I don't want to say too much. Yeah, it's there's hilarious. so much. Yeah, this makes absolutely no sense. It, you want, you it? wanted it. You didn't want it just to accidentally hit a rock or something. You needed an ending, and you need something with a bit of fireworks. I uh, yeah. I laughed at it rather than with it, and I think that's. But is the that issue. a problem? The yeah, fact that you still laughed. I think laughed. it wanted me to laugh with it. I was laughing at how bad it was rather than, oh, this film clearly knows how bad it's trying. It's deliberately trying to be that kind of film where I'm supposed to be laughing with it. And Whereas I'm, actually I felt like I was laughing at it. And I'll it. probably sound very pretentious by saying I was laughing almost ironically. I was laughing at, at both parts. Okay. At parts yeah. where I went, oh, that's veered off and that's actually quite playful and done well and going, no, that is ridiculous. The seagull, what what is he doing there? And I was, yeah, sort of more on both sides. What about... You, Robbie, were you laughing at all? No, <laughs> I was just bored, sopping, so bored, <laughs> laughing at myself for falling for for falling for the, the trap of going to see this film. James, one star, one star, terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, yeah, if if I could give it zero, I would. I would genuinely hated it. Wow, um, I, I never thought I'd say this, Defending. but I need more from a film than scantily clad Blake Lively 
breathing heavily for 80 minutes. I'm now genuinely concerned about Robbie Scott's uh, <laughs> medical health. Um, three stars. It, it's not a strong three stars by any stretch, but I think it did equally what it did good, it did bad. It's not far from invented the wheel, but was I entertained for 90 minutes? Laugh at it for both reasons, mm. yes. And that's what most of the reviews have been as well, interestingly enough. What? In the middle? Yeah, three. this idea of... Three. Yeah. It's got four, I think, is... But the, yeah. to be to come over to your side of it, I think four stars is ludicrous. That devalues how you rate films, giving yeah. this a four yeah. star. Uh, which leads us on to Next. the post-2000, which was chosen by Robbie Scott. And I bring to you the, the table and everyone listening... The gritty British horror film known as 28 Days Later from Danny Boyle. 28 Days Later, for those who haven't seen it, is about Jim, a bicycle courier (laughs) slash runner who is hit by a car, wakes up 28 days later in a hospital and the zombie apocalypse is hit. Exactly the same premise as uh, Walking Dead, for those who have seen it. Ooh. Very, very similar. Walking Dead fans are in. (laughs) (laughs) Jim... Does does the usual walks around London for a bit, sees that it's completely well, 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 deserted. Well, I mean, does the I mean that that scene in in general is it's it's superb. It's it's marvelous. Yeah, we're seeing London in that in that way and being like, is this? It's it's just miraculous. Those opening is it before he sees anyone else? Fifteen yeah. minutes, oh. ten maybe ten minutes. You are you do feel like you're watching something that you've never seen before, and it. And yeah. it's just it's just so and it, you're immediately which a lot of zombie films don't achieve because it is such a uh, saturated market now you go I've not seen what if what if that was me what would I yeah. would I would I go to the would I go up to the uh, Big Ben would I go and just go to Harrods and it's oh, it's fantastic puts their hairs in the back of your neck shoot yeah. it right up doesn't it you, oh, can't, you get a real feel for it and yeah when you're walking over is it London Bridge or wherever it's walking and Godspeed you Black Emperor kicks in <laughs> I mean, my goodness gracious the soundtrack is yeah, just soundtrack is awesome. superb but uh, it's is there I mean more? that's it it goes in search for other other people I guess other conscious people and not <laughs> the ones who have got this uh, contracted this mysterious rage virus which is turning yeah. people into zombies which just is interesting to note that I believe that this was the first of the fast zombies to be committed to film I mm. believe okay there may have been don't quote me because I haven't seen them all but I believe this was one of the first certainly big films to have this kind of zombie isn't it just the infected the infected yeah, yeah as opposed to just following uh, Romero's pretty much temp- template he, uh, he didn't want to be lumped in with the rest of the zombie films did he no so, did you when did you guys first see it I was I was a bit of a, a laggard with this. Yeah. I probably didn't see it until late noughties, I'd say. Yeah, I, 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 it just missed me, I think. I think I was probably too young to see it at the cinema. Definitely, yeah. It was only then when I suppose the reputation... Yeah, I mean, it is, for me, comfortably the best sort of modern zombie film, the best of the last 20, 25 years by a, almost a stretch. Did you? So did you guys? did you guys like it? I, yeah, I, I really liked it. I mean, for me, I, I know I discussed before in the um, when we talk about the shallows, this idea of exposition in the two plus two equals four. And I think for this, this film did exactly what you're supposed to do right at the beginning. There was no this is exactly what's happened. It was more a case of absolute wonder and absolute, <laughs> you know, there, there's there was nothing there that categorically said what on earth had happened. You were just in exactly the same situation that Jim was in terms of 
oh my God, what has happened here? What has caused this desolation, destruction in our city? You know, I suppose especially as three three gents who have lived and worked or lived and worked in or around London, it's just amazing to see some sites that we have become accustomed to completely. Um, You've just never seen them. Yeah, which was which was fantastic, and I, I did like it. I mean, there is some outrageous product placement in this film. Like, I think sometimes. Do you think that's intentional though? Well, because there's this really raw feel to it in general, though, isn't there? That's why the handheld sort of lo-fi. Yeah, it's very uh, dogmy. Ninety-five, the Von Trier very, group of just loose, using these very loose handheld cameras, very gritty. Like it's not obviously a high quality. It's like a maybe on recorded on some sort of tape but yeah. I th- I, for me it's aged at the t- I think when I first saw it I was like oh, these are cheapskates it must be a, yeah. a, a real indie film but it, I, for me it's aged really well and it puts when you watch film and you watch 70s horror and you go oh that's got a grain to it it's almost got that effect and yeah. it wasn't that long ago mm. it cost surprisingly more than I expected it to as well I remember looking up after watching yeah. it it's eight, eight million dollars Oh, okay. I imagine that'll be the the second half, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose I don't know how much it cost to shut down London for however long that they. It, I did think it, it was for. like twenty minute stints, and they yeah. it was like five in the morning. Yeah. The second day broke, which gave a really interesting look to the film as well. If we get a bit technical about it for a second, it, there was there was a weird sort of color space being used throughout the whole thing. Like the greens <laughs> were quite toxic. It was all well, he's wearing the the scrubs at first, isn't he? Yeah, and it's quite. But yeah, then quite, there were quite a lot of like. Panoramic shots of landscapes, like when they were driving through the corn, sort of cornfields, and lots of yeah. green grass. Yeah, but it didn't. It wasn't the green as you and I know it. No, and I was quite interested as to the thinking it's behind that. The, the world, the London, the the setting, the the world now post this atrocity, but just slightly off color. It's slightly. I don't. Yeah, but it, it just worked. It worked for what it was obviously trying to achieve. Yeah, and I, I think this is probably something that they couldn't have really avoided. But this idea that they have no real electricity, realistically, so they don't have a lot of of light. Mm. But you can tell that the film set is lit because you can see the characters. And you see, and, and part of me thinks if this is as raw as all the production values are suggesting it should be, I almost think you know what? I don't want to see it. I don't necessarily want to see them as, as easily as I, sh- I mm. as I usually would see them. I don't want to know that this is a film, if that makes sense. I yeah. would like to, you know, you can hear them, but you can't quite see their faces. Or, but you could. It was always that documentary. Yeah, feel it almost. was always, you know, frustratingly well lit, which is I'd never thought is a phrase I would use. No, no, just like I, oh, as you say, just like Midnight Special did really well with the torch scene, yeah. where you just it's it's just realistic. You can barely see exactly. them, and exactly. that, that is what I want to see. Yeah, so I, I I sort of genuinely didn't. It didn't pick up on it enough for it to okay. cause, but I, I yeah totally get get where you're coming from. From a from a human edge, I thought we might as well mention Killian Murphy because I mean he's was this the film that launched him? Would you say? Yeah, to an I this mean, was been this bumbling was around real. Was before this or Win That Shakes Barley. Oh, I mean, I think Win That Shakes Barley. I think might have been a year later. Barley was 03, I think. Yeah, this was 03. because that one at Cannes, didn't it? So this, yeah. okay, so this was pretty much his probably first major. Um, success when it comes to yeah. box office and, and everything, and even really that no, still, even though Win the Shakes of Bali was a big success, yeah. uh, five times more people will have seen this than that film. Absolutely, for yeah. sure. But he's great because he's he's sort of he's very apathetic about it all. But also, we completely sympathise with him. He's just a normal guy. So often he's in these, the everyman. Exactly. So often in these films, you have this big butch superhero that ends up saving <laughs> the day. Yeah. And you lo- love the thing about Killian Murphy. And it's weird because in Peaky Blinders, he is that kind of character. Whereas in this and most of his other films. He's almost like that Colin Farrell bumbling idiot who's always a bit <laughs> does some silly things and makes a bit of a joke out of it, joke out of it, and, and perhaps doesn't take it seriously as he should. And, and that's I loved I loved that about it. There's lots of emotion in it, but also there's there's bits of humour as well. I think there's one time when 
I think they were at Jim's house and then like the next door neighbour could like burst in and go, that's Mr Bridges and it's just these fantastic <laughs> moments of, of the, how he naturally reacts to things that he is experiencing for the first time and I suppose we're never going to know what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah. But also touching moments when he visits his mum and dad. Definitely, yeah, and they got um, a picture of him. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it, is, it does pull at the heartstrings but also, yeah. like you say, makes you laugh when it needs to. There are, I think, the thing that, again, comparing it to the classic zombie films, they're only really the Romeros and a couple of others have managed to fit so many different themes. A lot of them, it is just the theme of human survival. And these are quite standard characters that, oh, that's the screaming girl, that's the big strong man who hopefully will save the day. There's a lot going on, and I think a lot of that is down to how the dynamic between the, the characters that are always in sort of a, a confined space, but how that changes from him being alone to him being with the first group to being with the obviously the family and then obviously the final 40 minutes or so yeah. we get to this manor house and it's very much split it takes hearts, a turn it, and to my my for the reason that i think this is so wonderful and why my mum thought it was so dreadful she was like yeah the first half was really lovely i really even the, the zombies i wasn't bothered by that but the last i nearly turned it off she was mortified <laughs> um but for that it's that going up through the gears. It's also, it's the direction that the film needs to go. That is the sort of the journey that you expect a person to go through in an apocalypse. But I do agree with Sarah, and I don't think I really enjoyed the second half. See, I, I think it was so left that usually they would have just met, come to a, a part or a stronghold, and they would have just been fighting the zombies. Right. The fact that they were fighting their own kind, out of sheer principle and the the they were he Killian particularly was adamant he was like this might be what we need to survive he they, he could have easily gone no it's fine I'll, I'll I'll have a go we'll all it'll be I like I like what you guys are going for but no he was like no that's not right and even though in the face of the most horrific atrocity thing to ever hit Earth he still stuck to his guns and then was fighting on two fronts I'm dare I say I'm somewhere in the middle of you two I think when it comes to the ending because for me I, I'm still not quite sure. I, I was left wanting more and I don't know whether that's my own fault for thinking it should or would go down exactly as you just described it the usual route where they've got this last stand they've got this last wave of zombies and oh my god they've saved the planet by defeating them kind of thing which is almost as it's set up to be because they're with the army you think oh they could not be in a better place yeah. they could not be in a more protected safe place whereas actually it's not the external that's going to affect them actually it's not the infected it's the, the, the internal pressure and politics of of, of trying to survive, which for me, again, I, and I don't know how I feel about it because then part of me thought, well, well hold on, they're, they're, why has this just happened in the time that we've been with them, if that makes sense? We're only experiencing the life of these army guys via Jim and Naomi Harris's character. And, and I suppose we're following them and that's when we interact with the army guys. I think, what were they doing beforehand where this kind of thing wasn't happening? Where was the pressures and everything that's been built up or, or that came to a crescendo when we were in the latter stage of the film? What happened before then? I think it's when, because it, it's, it's been explored in horror quite a lot. Like you look at something like The Thing and you go, it's not until they're faced with this otherworldly, this oh, yeah. unbelievable... Out external, unimaginable horror that then things come out of people's character that when they're pushed, they're put in these abnormal circumstances, mm. the sort of abnormal reactions and emotions and behaviours come out and that's almost what's most interesting is it all then, by once they get to that house and it, it all starts very nicely nice and once it does start to boil over, that's just very interesting. I think that's fine. 
I don't think yeah. that's. I, I'm just still. I'm just still not settled on it. That's, I, I just can't because because it would have just gone on just them just just chilling there. Yeah. I I wasn't big on the final bit. I always also I'm quite protective about post-apocalyptic films. Really like them, and I always <laughs> want them to delve into like the society issues that will come that will kind of establish because of them. It's more of a personal preference thing that it doesn't really go down that road. It touches on it in the first half, which is why I loved the first half, and then the second half just went a bit too survival horror and did lull in the middle of it for me. Okay, That's interesting because I I did like elements of that because there were some really, exactly the same as you, I want to understand... You know, World War Z, the book, World War Z, the book, mm. it did so much of that where you understood what the social impact was of this. It wasn't just, oh my God, we're at threat of being killed. It was more about what does society, how does society react? How does society recover? And who gains from it? Yeah, and they, there's a few bits where they touch upon it. The first, like one of them is is they keep the soldier who has been infected locked away so they understand whether or how long, I can't remember which one, it would take for the infected to starve. Yeah. So they're like, right, bit of an experiment. They're starting to understand what they can do. Then there's also, they talk about, it's the last time you've ever seen a new film or a new book or a new music. Mm. That's what's happened in the past is now all you've got is the catalogue. That's the only catalogue you've got to work with. Then there's elements of, you know, no women anymore or, or limited amount of, of women now. How do we go about reproduction? And that comes to a bit of a head towards the end. And for me, that's the stuff that World War Z, the book, did pretty much perfectly it, yeah. and that's what I loved about that it was a study in how does society react to something as catastrophic as this and this film touched upon it and I don't think it could have really gone into any more detail than the bits that I've just mentioned but I, I love that thing about these kind of films mm. I love that an event has happened how has society reacted and I, I prefer that to the the peril of the attack actually taking place I love the recovery side of things that's what I'd really like to see in a film that I can't think of many Seeing how they, that I've seen because I've seen there are a, a, in the original Romero trilogy they do the experiment okay. is is something they do they try and train one like a, like a lab monk in the Day of the Dead the third one and then yeah they do sort of talk about oh my god we're not going to see all these things and it is interesting to ponder isn't it so are you saying Robbie that you would have preferred it had they you had seen them rebuild? Uh, I don't know. I think I think I was just more disappointed in the film that it, it, it did just turn into a survival horror for me at the end. Thoughts? It's a three for me, but a very high three. I mean, I wish I could give it more, but I did just lull towards the end. It's, it's almost two-hour film as well. I think it could have been a good, yeah. a solid 90 minute if it had been. High four for me, I think. I, I would like to give it a five, but as I've said, there's a couple of reservations I have that can't quite can't quite get there but it's a very it's a very strong four and in I think as any someone's already said you know in a genre that has been done so many times both before and since it still is right up there uh, if not sort of towards the top so for me it has to be a very high four I have to do it again I have to give it a five <laughs> when zombies are done well that it, it just shows compared to the poor ones I think it might be Boyle's best as well oh it's certainly I think my my favorite because it is the best sort of modern modern zombies and pe- it, people have tried so many times whether it is mm. on TV film to try and do something different and to do something different what 60 60 years almost since zombies were first on film um, yeah very 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 strong and my choice was the original Planet of the Apes directed by Schaffner Franklin Schaffner famous of course and yeah just follows these uh this group of astronauts who 
sort of just out in space, think think all is fine before crash landing to a strange planet. Only to after a, a little bit of walking around, discovering that hamburgers are eating people and monkeys are in charge, and they're they're the ones who are living on the outside of society. Robbie, <laughs> <laughs> I keep starting. So you've been, I think you've been been quite giddy for a while about this one. Did you, so? I. I fell for this film hook, line and sinker <laughs> not just in terms like of the ending at Christmas. which we all, all can say that you know we should, a, almost, we should almost mention it now and put it aside because it, it's, it's, it was a stunning ending for me absolutely stunning did and you not know that what, no I didn't know it because I remember we, I, I was texting you whilst I was watching yeah. it and I said it yeah I, I, I realised in the final <laughs> two minutes as he realises <laughs> and if, if you if you guys had been there, watched me, watched the film, and watched me, you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. <laughs> the horrified look on my face—it's up there with the the sort of like Wicker Man. Don't look now. The, these big reveals that do. But I, I had I've watched the just the ending before watching the film all the way through a few years ago. I knew exactly, and I was almost made it worse. My palms were sweating <laughs> as 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 it this this film builds to the final minutes. I was like, there's only sort of twenty minutes left, um, and it's it's just a sight to behold. It's it is it's just wonderfully handled. Put that aside, I thought the first half hour survival elements were brilliant. It was sort of Jerry esque. Jerry, was it Jerry? Goose Van Sands film. Oh, yes. Walking through a yeah. desert. Except this doesn't go on for way too long. It just it gives this kind of camaraderie between the three people. How do we survive this? How do we? Is there life out there? And then them slowly, sort of understanding and realizing that there is. I, I. I did like this film. I did like this. No, no, I did. I did. I did. There is a lot. There is an absolutely a, a lot to admire about it. You've already mentioned the beginning, which for me, it's so simple. It's literally him in the spacecraft just about to go under, essentially. Mm. But it perfectly sets the scene about his sort of disillusionment with Earth and humanity and the way society was going, which was a, a great start. I mean, he, he does seem, him and, and they seem remarkably chilled when they when they come out of wherever they end up. And, you know, they've got, I think... They don't know where they are, but they've got three days' worth of food. And they've basically arrived somewhere which is empty. As far as you can tell, it's completely empty. And they're fine. I mean, they don't seem yeah. too bothered by it. But, I mean... It's got that... Is it mate? quite a campy uh, sort of the sci-fi of the time? I mean, I, I know this is stood apart because they were... Oh, it's very fun for us to watch now with the groundbreaking special effects yeah. and the, the makeup and... Even those those and, and early sets even look pretty good. But I think a lot of sci-fi wasn't... Taken particularly, it was the same year as two thousand and one when, of course, it all changed. But sci-fi, I don't think at the time was taken particularly seriously, and they sort of just were a bit nonchalant. I think that's yeah. quite, quite almost amusing. That yeah, they no, it was. That they weren't. They didn't spend the first three days rocking back yeah. and forth, <laughs> crying, and almost reminded me of um, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas when they're uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, they're uh, they're running around trying to find the, the hobbits, and they're just sort of. Tra- tracking across New Zealand and there were sort of scenes that reminded me of that which I don't know what that says about me but uh, but yeah they seem remarkably true there's one and, and I have to mention this because it's completely apart from, from my review and, and probably no one's going to mention it but there's one if not two laughs he does a, the most bizarre laugh the, I've ever heard I, mean, the, I don't know the manic kind of 
really it was almost like an evil laugh, evil. But, it, yeah, yeah. It, but it wasn't supposed to be evil so it came out and like his mouth wasn't moving the way it was clearly idiot but it looked and sounded <laughs> dreadful I didn't know what on earth was happening was that not him reacting to the situation going oh well it's all it could, it's gone bad oh it's it's only gone a bit worse it's fine we're all at, we're all doomed we're all doomed was, <laughs> that was yeah but it was just it, it, it was just elongated it went on for ages and it was just that was that was really bizarre but no there is this eerie score that goes particularly sort of the first half when you're I suppose trying to be in the situation they are where you're just thinking where are they what's going on what's going you're to happen you're as unsure as they yeah exactly which is obviously what you want to be going through is the uh, as the audience this sense of adventure and unknown and, and them just obviously exploring I think um, for me I did realise very early on what the what the ending would be and what the twist would be which it did ruin it but it I suppose it put everything into the context that it shouldn't have done until the end but I still thought ignoring the ending for now I can it, still appreciate what a great ending it is yeah oh, I can say but, that. but do you think it was a good sort of metaphor I don't know if it's the right word but if aliens were to come to our world and how we would react to that situation and how like sort of they're very defensive and how Dr. Zayas is very like writing them off from the start and going no don't believe him don't believe him because he's trying to protect the rest of, so of it's his all, kind he's trying to make a commentary about what how we Definitely. would react yeah I, I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there is this role for us isn't there there's this when you think about evolution and, and experimentation and domination, I suppose, that the humans Im- impose upon hmm. gorillas or, or, or the like in terms of hmm. whether it's animal testing, whatever it may well be, there is a hint of that. that. That was the one thing that made me think. I'm not saying it's necessarily positive or negative, but this idea that there is this reversal and yet the the, the apes seem to be doing exactly what the humans did to the apes. So the apes doing to the humans what exactly what the humans did to the apes. And I was thinking, I know evolution, everything that, that comes with, with whether humans and apes are very, and they are incredibly genetically similar. But that almost annoyed me a little bit. They've literally directly reversed the roles. So there's nothing, there's no nuances of how would apes react differently to it. But then again, they are talking. So, But, but that that's what's so perfect about it, is that putting it, us in that situation, watching that situation, makes you realise how ridiculous the situation we are in is. We are the apes now yeah, yeah. In, in life. And we are doing all the things that these apes are doing. Or we but would, we would two other creatures and two other creatures, and it, it makes it seem so ridiculous. These other sort of beings doing it, and it, do bit, we question ourselves? Do we question exactly? There's definitely a larger commentary on this. Particularly, there's probably seen about 10, 15 minutes where he can't talk. So it is almost exactly what you've described there, where because obviously animals can't talk to us, and yet we impose things upon them. It was exactly that role reversal of well, now they're doing the same to him, even though he <laughs> wants to talk so much, but he can't. Mm. But for me, I just thought the change is almost exactly the same as what the previous situation was. It's just that the characters have flipped. And for me, that's that's not enough because for me, the butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it, the nuances of that, things are going to change so dramatically. It can't just be a direct swap. It can't just be that the apes are now the humans and the humans are now the apes. Something must happen as a result of the apes now being the humans, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Not just that they just switch and the apes are now... They're not just in the humans' role. They're acting as humans, mm. which is what's... For, they should be acting as apes, not as yeah, humans. No, I completely get you. Even but, though they can talk. But they do, they do still have their own sort of like... It's not like they're exactly... But it's like so civilised, I, mean, I suppose. That they are humanised, but I think that's effective. And obviously... It, it, yeah, you just do... Therefore, put it in that context and you just look at it all and just go, oh, yeah. And it, it's that second thought that mm. makes it so strong. But I don't think this film is just so... It's har- it's harmless. Could it could it have annoyed you in any way? You mentioned yeah. the costumes earlier annoying you. I completely forgot 
like yeah. half a which is surprisingly really, they good. are terrible costumes, <laughs> really bad. But I, I went with it. Yeah, and that that I guess is that the strength of the concept. Maybe uh, it's so it, well written. The act, none of it's so. not like the acting again is so good or so strong or yeah with the like, manic laugh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure who has more ADR the um, the, the the apes who have got their mouths covered or Charlton Heston himself. It's, a bit, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah, I mean, some of it is a bit bizarre, but this the strength of this I know actually at the time it sounds like all the makeup and all the you know the prosthetics, but for us now that's irrelevant because. For us, we've seen so much more more sophisticated stuff than that. So you, that's almost a moot point at the moment. When I think about it, this comes down to the story, and the story is fantastic. It's such a great commentary, as you've already said. There's a few things, a few reservations that I said there already, but for me, it is a it is a fantastic film, definitely. It's one of those. I know I mentioned it about Neon Demon, I think a few weeks ago, albeit in a different way. But I think everyone has to see this film, regardless of whether you hate it or you love it, or regardless of whether you know the ending or you don't. I think you, regardless of whether you've seen the prequel sequels that have you know the more modern day stuff with uh, you know James Franco and then with um, Jason Clark and people like that, I think you still need to see this film because there's so much more to this that I think those current films don't have. Like a like a classic book and how you you see so many things that come that much later that have obviously taken so yeah. borrowed so much conceptually from them and mm. it is important to see the the route because yeah we didn't realise what was there one released every year for about the next 30, <laughs> 30 years or something. So yeah I guess I haven't gone first yet. Yeah for all the reasons we've said and for one of those truly unforgettable cinematic endings um, I'll give it a a nice four. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I don't think I can say anything more than I already have done, and I would absolutely, uh, I would agree with you. Uh, a str- again, a strong, strong four. Not quite a five because of what I've already said, but a strong four certainly. It's a straight out five. Yes, yes. Yeah, there it you is. Ne- you rarely get these. <laughs> Cherish them. This is Cherish great. Them. This is fun. This is fun. Did you get the poppers? <laughs> Party poppers, mum. <laughs> Um, no, it's brilliant. I mean, it is brilliant. Uh, okay. Your face. I can't. When you came bounding into work the next day, you were like, have you seen it yet? I was like, yeah, I watched it on the weekend too. And you were just like, can we talk? Like, no, I don't want to talk. I thought you were just gonna, about to uh, do this face and just get, start laying right into its guts. But I'm, I'm just happy for you. It's a straight up fight. As you say, everyone should watch it. There's nothing more to say. But please, please watch it. Which leads us on to next fortnight. Next fortnight, uh, which is... My selection, and I'm going for actor turned writer director Brady Corbett's directorial debut, The Childhood of a Leader, which I believe is some sort of take on an alternate history, which which is the theme. Um, who is Post? I was Post, and I've gone for uh, Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious. Careful, bastards with an E. With an E. And I have gone for It Happened Here. The Ooh. classic 1964 film. What on earth is that, Robbie? <laughs> oh, well, the film we'll that comes to mind whenever you think of alternative history. <laughs> <laughs>